Letter four of Evelina. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ed Mead. Evelina by Fanny Burney. Letter four. From Mr. Villars to Lady Howard. Berry Hill, March twelfth. I am grieved, madam, to appear obstinate, and I blush to incur the imputation of selfishness. In detaining my young charge thus long with myself in the country, I consulted not solely my own inclination. Destined in all probability to possess a very moderate fortune, I wish to contract her views to something within it. The mind is but too naturally prone to pleasure, but too easily yielded to dissipation. It has been my study to guard her against her delusions by preparing her to expect and to despise them. But the time draws on for experience and observation to take the place of instruction. If I have in some measure rendered her capable of using one with discretion and making the other with improvement, I shall rejoice myself with the assurance of having largely contributed to her welfare. She is now of an age that happiness is eager to attend. Let her and then enjoy it. I commit her to the protection of your ladyship, and only hope she may be found worthy half the goodness I am satisfied she will meet with at your hospitable mansion. Thus far, madam, I cheerfully submit to your desire. In confiding my ward to the care of Lady Howard, I can feel no uneasiness from her absence, but what will arise from the loss of her company since I shall be as well convinced of her safety as if she were under my own roof. But can your ladyship be serious in proposing to introduce her to the gaieties of a London life? Permit me to ask, for what end, or for what purpose? A youthful mind is seldom totally free from ambition. To curb that is the first step to contentment, since to diminish expectation is to increase enjoyment. I apprehend nothing more than too much raising her hopes and her views, which the natural vivacity of her disposition would render but too easy to effect. The town acquaintance of Mrs. Mirvan are all in the circle of high life. This artless young creature, with too much beauty to escape notice, has too much sensibility to be indifferent to it. But she has too little wealth to be sought with propriety by men of the fashionable world. Consider, madam, the peculiar cruelty of her situation. Only child of a wealthy baronet, whose person she has never seen, whose character she has reason to abhor, and whose name she is forbidden to claim. Entitled as she is to lawfully inherit his fortune and estate, is there any probability that he will properly own her? And while he continues to persevere in disavowing his marriage with Miss Evelyn, she shall never, at the expense of her mother's honour, receive a part of her right as the donation of his bounty. And as to Mr. Evelyn's estate, I have no doubt but that Madame Duval and her relations will dispose of it among themselves. It seems, therefore, as if this deserted child, though legally heiress to two large fortunes, must owe all her rational expectations to adoption and friendship. Yet her income will be such as may make her happy, if she is disposed to be so in private life, though it will by no means allow her to enjoy the luxury of a London fine lady. 
Let Miss Mirvan, then, madam, shine in all the splendor of high life, but suffer my child still to enjoy the pleasures of humble retirement, with a mind to which greater views are unknown. I hope this reasoning will be honored with your approbation, and I have yet another motive which has some weight with me. I would not willingly give offense to any human being, and surely Madame Duval might accuse me of injustice, if, while I refuse to let her granddaughter wait upon her, I consent that she should join a party of pleasure to London. In sending her to Howard Grove, not one of these scruples arise, and therefore Mrs. Clinton, a most worthy woman, formerly her nurse, and now my housekeeper, shall attend her thither next week. Though I have always called her by the name of Anvil, and reported in this neighborhood that her father, my intimate friend, left her to my guardianship, yet I have thought it necessary she should herself be acquainted with the melancholy circumstances attending her birth, for though I am very desirous of guarding her from curiosity and impertinence, by concealing her name, family, and story, yet I would not leave it in the power of chance to shock her gentle nature with a tale of so much sorrow. You must not, madam, expect too much from my pupil. She is quite a little rustic, and knows nothing of the world, and though her education has been the best I could bestow in this retired place, to which Dorchester, the nearest town, is seven miles distant, yet I shall not be surprised if you should discover in her a thousand deficiencies of which I have never dreamt. She must be very much altered since she was last at Howard Grove. But I will say nothing of her. I leave her to your ladyship's own observations, of which I beg a faithful relation, and am, dear madam, with great respect, your obedient and most humble servant. Arthur Villars End of Letter 4